Jack. He's back for another episode, and we're actually doing this on Christmas Day. Um, but we'll go with a happy New Year's to all of you that are listening to this episode. And we're going to touch on a couple of interesting subjects. So, Jack, if you want to, say hello to the folks out in this world. Ho, 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 everybody. Yeah, that's a nice thing to say. Ho, ho, ho. What does it really mean when you say ho, ho, ho? Oh, I'm just being jolly. Yeah, Jack's being jolly. He's not talking to any of you women out there that are flanderous with your open crotch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but moving above and beyond that. Quit talking about such unholy crap. Yeah, okay. Christmas. Yes, we're all in the spirit of this holiday season, and we want to share our jolly good nature with you folks out there, but we're going to touch on some serious material here. I did a little digging on a recent scientific um, study that popped up, and I found it interesting enough. I thought I'd share it with everybody because it's pertinent. It means something about our future and about what's happened in the past as well. And Jack has some interesting things to say about it, I'm sure, as well as I do. Love history. Yeah. This is history, and we can look into the future by what this study presents. See what we can glean. Right. We can make some predictions based on this. So this scientific journal, PubMed, anybody that knows anything about serious scientific journals, PubMed is probably the preeminent journal to publish in. Yeah. And uh, this review, sexual health, it can be anything PubMed publishes. Well, I guess everything, but I mean, I know there's a lot of, yeah. But this in particular that we're covering is about the endocrine system. And nowadays, everybody's endocrine system is disrupted. Your endocrine system, if you don't know, let me put it in layman's terms, your endocrine system in your brain, it's basically, it's you're, you're producing all your hormones. So testosterone for me and jack uh women you got estrogen everybody has adrenaline uh cortisol serotonin dopamine uh, norepinephrine i mean it goes on and on everything that it's got your body running the way it's supposed to run a lot of complex chemical reactions happen in your body all the time so it in Anybody that has had issues knows you go see an endocrinologist. Your thyroid's not working. Mm-hmm. Your hormones are low in one area or another. Yeah, you go see that specialist, an endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. Oh, pardon me. So, what I found interesting in this study I saw is, it's about men specifically, but remember, this is not just about men. Women's endocrine systems are disrupted nowadays, too, from... We can guess about whatever it might be, but we'll, let, let's, yeah, let's get to that in a moment. First, I'll tell you what this study <laughs> covered. It's about men and their sterility, their sperm count, their <coughs> testosterone levels. Over 45 years of test compilations put together shows a decrease of 51.6% of sperm count in men over the past 45 years. And that is because of endocrine disruption, lower testosterone, multiple factors. So with them being lower sterility, that means it's harder for them to procreate, make babies. 
And this research has compiled statistics from not just here in America, but South America, Asia, Europe, Australia, and Africa. In case you were about to say, oh, this is just a stupid American study. All you guys are fucked up in America. No, no, no. This is all over the world. Yeah. So that's bad. 51.6% decrease in 45 years. That scared me to see that. It's no wonder there's so many men not being able to be men. Yeah, seriously. So some doctors are calling this a public health emergency, yet I'm sure none of y'all have heard about this out there. It's an emergency, but yet there's no news coverage. This study does not pinpoint the cause specifically, but all the experts believe it is environmental factors and unhealthy lifestyle that are the contributors to this issue. Now, I want to say this real quick. Them saying it's environmental factors does not mean that it's the climate issues or blah, 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 whatever you Greenpeace hippie folks out there are thinking. It's, it's cow farts and shit that are causing inf- infertility. <laughs> Yeah. The environmental factors are created a little bit more complex than that by the shit that's in our food, in our water. It's poisons and toxins that the government allows to be there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So if the government's allowing this shit, then it must be safe. No, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) I'm being a little bit. I know you're joking, yeah. so I just want to make sure everybody knows Jack's being facetious. He's bullshitting. If the government lets it happen, it's safe. I, I it's get safe. angry just hearing about this stuff, much less when we talk about it. it just, it, I'm very passionate about it, just like Jason. Yeah. So, this I think everybody needs to know this. Men and women alike need to know this, because this is a compilation of statistics on men, but it's not isolated to men. Women understand your endocrine system is disrupted by stuff in the food the water i mean it's in the soil it's it's in the air there is geoengineering going on whether you people believe in um stuff being sprayed in the air or not it's a proven fact and chemical fertilizers and then you got all this i mean there's there's crap used for agricultural control to keep pests off pesticides and all that stuff that and then well, of course, like we talked about earlier, EMFs are everywhere now, too, no matter where you're at in some level, shape, or form, even if you're in the country. There's a lot exposed. of stuff that has went through the roof as far as exposure you know, in 45 years. It's changed quite a bit. There's a lot of different ways we're in a toxic, you know, minefield, so to speak, for lack of a better way to put it metaphorically. But, yeah, these are some very concerning, alarming issues that more people should not only just know about, but be wanting to know, well, what the hell are we doing to fix this? Right. Unfortunately, this issue brings the problem to a head, but it doesn't necessarily tell you how to fix it. But it should call to attention that you might want to pay attention to some of these issues that me and Jack are talking about. Just figuring out some ways to, like, lower your exposure to some of these things can make drastic you know, improvements in your health for the yeah. better for you and your family. Seriously. Very and it's, important. it's like almost impossible to get away from all the toxins that are out there. And that's not just to scare and, and 
Every evoke little, fear. I'm not every sure little bit you can do to help yourself is going to go, you know, so far as far as keeping you healthy in the long run later on. Agreed. That's not going to get better. Uh-huh. No. So measurements started dropping in 1973, and the decline has increased considerably post-year 2000. So here we are in 2022, and the acceleration has considerably increased past year 2000. So in 45 years, well, then that means if it's accelerating, it may not take another 45 years to drop a significant percentage more. It may take 20 years before men are, you know, 80 or 90 percent unsterile, low sperm counts, low testosterone. I mean, basically turning into women. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I mean, what do you call it when you don't have any testosterone anymore and you can't even procreate or make it? You're not even human. You're not serving your purpose anymore. It's scary. We're put here to be fruitful and multiply and do all these other great things while we're here. So a fertility expert, Matthew Macer MD warns of the factors of chemicals in the foods and drinks. And like you said, constant EMF exposure. He said, don't put computers on your lap or phones in your pocket for long periods. That's like, that should make common sense, right? But it's funny because you're nuking your balls, literally. Literally. And it's it's funny because they're called laptops. You think, I'm supposed to put it in my lap. But well, that's what they want you to do. It almost seems like a plan, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it kind of is. Okay, here's one people <laughs> overlook. Chemicals in grooming products. The stuff you use in your bathroom. Okay? Like your shampoos. That's why I'm a big fan of natural stuff. Your lotions. What are all those chemicals? The 50 chemicals that are in that. Sh- what is all if that you shit? Can't, can't pronounce neodiamethazine X5 and all this other crap that's <laughs> in your stuff. Guess what? It's not good for you or your body. It, and it's going yeah. through your liver and you don't need to be having it on your skin or your body anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably like some kind of chemical it's, that came from the breakdown of fossil shit. fuels. And they thought, you know, we could throw this shit in some hair shampoo. Yeah, and sell it, <laughs> sell it for tons of money, and people will pay for it and make their hair fall out. Okay, BPA. There, here's a well-known terrorize your liver. BPA is a well-known disruptor, <coughs> right? BPA is yeah. in from plastic. Yeah, right. So it affects your brain. It affects, like I said, your endocrine it's system. Microplastics that get in your blood and get in your system. Yeah, hormonal activity, and also we got other issues. We so got med- medical issues. Hormones. One big issue that we do have in America that I don't know every other country that I named that was on the list of this study has a problem with, but we do here in America, it's obesity. Oh, gosh. It's one of our major issues. Okay. Obesity is rising every single year. It seems like it just goes up. Diabetes, coronary problems, um, chronic stress, anxiety, depression contribute to this also. Eating processed junk. Mostly grain and sugar all the time is one of the big things. Well, the more I always say, the more clean you can eat, the more natural you can eat, the better. Yeah, eat real food, real stuff, man. Not shit out of boxes and bags and processed junk. If that's the majority of your diet, then you're going to end up obese. You're going to have diabetes. You're going to have coronary issues. You're going to have heart attacks. You're going to have all sorts of bad stuff coming after you. 
Yeah, we have we have a confession to make. We went and ate some crappy Chinese food yesterday at the buffet, and we, neither one of us ever do stuff like that. And that's fine. And I feel almost just wretched. Like today, it's like, well, you know, not wretched, but I just feel like I'm dragging all day. I don't feel as good as I normally do, and I can tell a huge difference when I eat bad when I'm used to eating good. <laughs> and that's there's something to that because I think if you eat crap on oh, a regular man. basis. You, just you don't hardly like crap. you don't hardly ever eat just a you piece never, of meat or an apple. Good. You don't know what it's like to you actually never, eat. You the never pre- feel good. Yeah, the predominant <laughs> nature of your diet is crap, so you think it's just normal to feel like however crap. you feel all, all the time. The time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to think that. Yeah, I did. I did. I had a point in my life where I didn't eat great, and I changed. So I know. Okay, other bad where habits are. This should be without, you know, go without saying. I shouldn't have to tell you this, but it's smoking is absolutely horrible for um, any of the coronary problems, like I mentioned, and cancers and stuff like that. What did we hear related to COVID and nicotine earlier that was kind of neat today? It's the nicotine receptor site. Yeah. Um, I thought this was real neat. I just wanted to make sure he. Well, yeah, there's lots of things that can about this. can be good at warding off COVID, which I could give a list of things. That like was you very know, interesting. Quer- quercetin, vitamin C, um, nicotine. I'm not saying just go smoke a cigarette. We're talking about like <laughs> yeah. if you can get nicotine gum, nicotine patches, there's methylene blue. There's different forms of like nicotine that are actually supplemental that are being put on the market now because there are health benefits from nicotine. It's but it not has a bad. positive it's, effect on the the receptors in your respiratory system. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It can actually prevent you from that is so um, getting the COVID or accelerate you uh, getting it out of your system. But Who would have ever thought by, by binding like with that. the nicotine? I thought that was just yeah, so cool binding when with you the told nicotine, me that. nicotine receptor sites. That's badass. So. But that's we're talking about bad habits like smoking. Yeah. And, okay. But drinking also that's a poison. So if you drink on a regular basis, that's not good either. Okay. But these are all things that go without saying. They're contributors. But I think the big thing that the doctors brought up were environmental factors. Just the all the junk that's in food, in water, it's in the air. In EMFs. People are not paying attention to having their phone in their pocket, laptops on their laps. Uh, routers near their heads um just how many hours a day you're spending on an electronic device period yeah it's something to think about too yeah you see uh you can look at this over 45 years the correlation we've been getting saturated more and more in cell phone usage and cancer's wi- become an epidemic everybody knows EMS. someone now that's had cancer or has cancer and 40 50 years ago that was not a normal thing it was not no it wasn't. When we were kids, it was not a normal thing, as far as I remember. So here's a interesting little stat. The average 22-year-old man has about the same testosterone as a 67-year-old from the year 2000 now. Wow, that is horrid. That's Yeah, that's a really horrible way to look at wow. the stats. But that's what these stats are showing. A 22-year-old guy at the peak testosterone of his life. Can you imagine the human It got the testosterone level of a 67-year-old man from the year 2000. That's 22 years ago. If we get to critical mass and it's like, you know, we're relying on 
men to keep it going and they lose the urge to keep it going, just think it's like we could wipe our own self out because we're not willing to reestablish ourselves and multiply with a partner <laughs> like we're supposed to. What's scary about That's this insanity. is every That's absolute insanity. What I like to stress about this whole woke agenda and everybody trying to act like there's not How just can anybody think this not just normal. a man and a woman. <laughs> one thing I want every single one of you out there to realize, I don't care if you're non-binary, you're transsexual, whatever you want to pansexual, I don't care which one of the thousand different, you know, uh, terminologies you use to define yourself i want you to recognize and absolutely understand you came out of a womb you were birthed by a woman and for you to be birthed by a woman you either had to have a man put his sperm in that woman or there was artificial inception where they put sperm from a man inside that woman and into her eggs that is the only way that procreation happens i'm sorry for you that have been duped into thinking otherwise by this woke agenda no, men and men, they can't have babies. A man can't have a baby. No matter what, you no. have to have chromosomes from a man and a woman to make a baby. There's no other way around it. So this is biological fact. And the fact... It's just our... It's part of our design. Some people are getting canceled over even, like, stating the biological truth of this, which is so stupid. Well, we I shouldn't even be having to have this discussion. That's what's stupid. It's just common sense. It should be, but it's not common sense. It, no, no, that's why I said it should be common sense. But yeah. yeah, it's just, it's frustrating to even have to talk about it, really. Oh, I agree. But, hey, there's there's a lot of things in life that yeah, will surprise you as you get older. Life has a lot of surprises, does it not, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Uh, doesn't I matter can say, who you are or when you're born or when you're alive. Everybody. They say wisdom comes with age. I actually do believe that now because I was more gullible and blind as a youth than I am now. I'm way I'm more, more open and I'm more open to listening and being receptive to people that are older than me and stuff now than I've ever been. And I think that kind of started, you know, maybe late twenties, early thirties, a little bit, and then of course you get to where you learn. Well, shit, I don't know everything I think I know. And sometimes these guys that are older than me, they do know what they're talking about. But maybe I should just shut up and listen sometime. Hey, there's you know? a big point right there to be made <laughs> is lots of people don't know how to just shut up. Stop thinking about what you're going to say next and really intently pay attention to the speaker in front of you and listen to what they have to say. Don't be formulating what you're going to think next. Take in what they're saying. And let it sink in for a moment. Then develop your thoughts about it. Let it marinate. Yes. Okay, so that was that interesting study that I wanted to share. And then me and Jack, we ran across this site that was uh, interesting, <laughs> and we thought we'd toss this in. Pardon me. Words don't mean what they seem. <clears throat> yep. What do you think about that? I think there's a lot more to it than what we're led to believe. We're taught to have our guard down about a lot of things as far as our spirituality and the kind of powers that we've really had, I guess, as our part of our birthright here in this in this world since we've been here. Yeah, there's there's an That's origin kind of where I'm at. There there's something behind where everything came from. There's a birth to a word, like it came from a compilation usually of a couple different words or from a different culture into this English language we speak now. And 
it's quite surprising when you find out what was used to maybe sacred law stuff like that i don't know if it's sacred law i don't know what you would want to call it but just the way the english language was assembled is in some ways i see that it's diabolical when you find out the actual way some of the words are put together yeah it's like a a message well it's it's a it's a language based off of like black magic from what i've words are spells you spell spell a word that's a spell yeah and spell is magic right so i mean think about all that yeah right there tells you a little something maybe you didn't know it's not goofy to think that way well there's there's a lot of things that like you said just aren't what they seem in life well if you take words into a sentence that are spelled out and you take this spell and cast it out into the world. Well, what does it do? It plants something in somebody else's imagination. You give birth to something into this universe by your words that are spoken into other people's minds. That's a spell. That's magic to me. Yeah. And it can be used in every way imaginable that you can pretty much conceive of. You can do good. You can manipulate. You can be deceptive. I mean, you can be... You can be good. You can be bad. You can do whatever you want to do with it. Yeah. It's a matter of choice. Yeah. You could be as good or bad as you want to with it. That's, that's one way to put it. Okay. So here we got. Epi- Moving right along. Yeah. Epictetus from Greek times. He says, first learn the meaning of what you say, then speak. Lots of people don't even know what the hell they're saying and they're just talking. They're just repeating something that they've, you know, regurgitating what they've heard. And we've all been guilty of that at some point. None of us aren't guilty of that. But absolutely, it bears, you know, having in mind, you know, a little bit of restraint before you go talking about something and making sure you can corroborate and fully understand what you're talking about before you go having a discussion or a, some kind of a discussion on something you need to, I think that's with any topic you talk about in life. You should know what you're going to be talking about. Yeah. Never just blindly believe something that anybody tells you. Look into it. I, it, I call it due diligence. It's, it's, don't yeah. go. Don't, don't, don't take one thing somebody says, yeah. and that is absolutely without a doubt a fact, and then go tell somebody else that it's absolutely a fact when you don't even know for sure. Yeah. Agree. Okay, the first, this is not an extensive list, but this is just a couple different words that you can see the etymology, like where it came from, and what you think it means now, where it came from, and what it actually means, and how it's used. There's some differences, and it's quite eye-opening, and I'll try and include the link to this guy's page so you can see this little list he put together. But it's not long, and we can run through it pretty quick, and you'll see some things interesting about some words. I think some words that are, hey, they're very valuable for us to break down right now today in the time period we're in. Mm -hmm. We are drinking some holiday alcohol, so we might have some belches and parts. Hey, we've earned it. It's a good time of the year to have a few and be merry with your family. They say eat, drink, and be merry. They need to include burp and fart. We are, and we're being responsible. We're staying here and not going anywhere. Yeah. No driving. Okay, first word on this list, prestigious. 
is an adjective to describe something. We commonly say, like Harvard, Cornell, Ivy League schools are very prestigious, right? Glorious. Yeah. But what does it truly mean to say something is prestigious? To bring value to something. Well, let's go back to the 1540s definition. It's called prestigious, but the definition is quite different than what you think it is. Practicing illusion, illusion, excuse my pronunciation, practicing illusion or magic, deception. It comes from the Latin prestigious, which is full of tricks. From prestigious, the drug juggler's tricks probably altered by dissimulation from prestigious to prestigianer to blind, which is blindfold, dazzle, and from prey, which is before, stinger, or to tie behind, or restrain. Interesting. Derogatory until the 19th century, meaning having dazzling influence, is attested from 1913. And that's about it. That's what he's got on prestigious. So, to give a good example of a factual sentence with the word used in it, it would be like, Halloween is a very prestigious holiday. I don't know if I consider Halloween prestigious. Well, according to the definition of... No, if you go by the old definition... Okay, yes, yes. I mean, yeah, because it's more of a uh, magic, deceptive, illusion type word. Here's what I'm interested to know is what... What language does prestigious, the word, get its origin from? Well, as I just said, it's coming from Latin. Latin. That can tell you a lot right there. It comes from prestigious, which is full of tricks. Yeah. The Latin word. To know how they would define it would be the root definition of the word for sure. So that's interesting to know. There's some. There's some fact for you instead like of prestige, Like they would say, prestigious is the juggler's tricks. So Harry Potter was very prestigioso. Prestigious. Yeah. And you think that is an elitist, somebody that goes to Oxford or Cambridge or Yale or a doctor or a scientist. They're very prestigious. You think they're very noteworthy. But here we're hearing from where the actual word comes from it's, it's to practice opposite. practice illusion magic and deception is where it comes from to blindfold to dazzle to tie people up or bind them sounds very masonic almost doesn't it like with they're in line with some of the rituals they do to people to initiate you in and stuff i don't or know like it's just, some it's, of the stuff we've heard and seen what I think is funny about Sounds some of these some that. of these words you get into, it's like you're using them, thinking them you mean, thinking that they mean one thing, but they there's the opposite a, or something there's different. some like completely different terminology that it means. It, it had a different definition all throughout time until embedded in the English language in the last yeah, couple hundred years. Right? It is. It's it esoteric, occult, whatever you want to call it. That's something else we were talking about. Some of the Masonic stuff earlier. We have a lot of cool and interesting this conversations. Is a, this is an interesting sentence that the person tied to this prestigious word. Think about this next time your doctor proudly tells you he came from a prestigious university and then he tells you he has a 
wonderful carcinogenic cancer cure for you. Because what's he doing? He's tricking you. All the radiation and chemotherapy he's going to give you is going to kill you. Yeah. And it's not a cure. Nobody that does that shit it, lives through it. It kills about not, almost 90% of people that okay, do yes. Maybe I, broad I, I'm going overboard, but wonderful sentence. He um, just related yeah. it to it. Right there, the doctor states what a prestigious university he came from. You can trust him and let him put you on this. But they're trained not knowing any better that that's the only medicine they can give you is poison and that that's the only chance you have to live. So they're indoctrinated in believing that too. But it's his Not prestigious totally fault, it, it's his prestigious yes. education, which is illusion, magic, or deception that allows him to say, you need this cure for the cancer that we have. It'd be raised. funny to pr- present this kind of information to some people that are doctors that do that kind of stuff and see what they're well, really Moving right along, let's, let's go to the word doctor. Yeah, doctrine. Okay. Let's talk about the etymology of doctor. 1590s. To confer, set of beliefs. it's to confer a degree on from doctor, meaning to treat medically. In this is from 1712, a sense of alter, disguise, or falsify, meaning holder of highest degree in university, is found in late 14th century, as is that of medical professional, replacing native leech which was what it was before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a native leech. That's interesting. Uh-huh. That's different. So let's look at the word leech. Yeah. It's good to dig into all this stuff and know. Well, then if it, if doctor came from the word leech, what's leech? Leech is used to be physician, obsolete, political, archaic from old English leech. Probably from the old Danish leich, which is with a K instead of CH. Yeah. From Proto-Germanic, enchanter, one who speaks magic words, a healer, physician. This comes from old Frasian Letza, old Saxon Lakey, old Norse Lernier, old High German Lani, Gothic Lakis. All use this physician, leech, terminology. Literally, one who counsels, perhaps connected with a root found in Celtic, comparing Irish, Lyag, Charmer, Exorcist, Physician, and Slavic. Compare Serbo-Croatian and Polish, Lekar, which is close to leech, from Conjurer, to Collect, Gather, with derivative meaning to speak, to pick out words. And it continues. For since development, compare old church Slavonic doctor originally was conjurer related to Serbo-Croatian enchant conjure old church Slavonic Russian related to Serbo-Croatian. The form merged with leech in Middle English apparently by the etymology. Showing they tie together. That's mm-hmm. where the words all come from. In early Middle English, also a god and Christ. By 17th century, the sense had so deteriorated, leech typically was applied only to a veterinary practitioner, and soon it was entirely archaic to speak it. So, leech at one time was actually what you called your doctor. 
Then it was something horrible, as you can hear Sounds here. Sounds like they were somebody that nobody respected at one point in time either. <laughs> Sounds very much like they were somebody that you wouldn't necessarily go to. Physician didn't mean back Unless then. Unless you were crazy. Ph- physician didn't mean back then, in other words, what it means now. Yeah. It meant something completely different. They dispensed different. pharmacia. But maybe, maybe now, which is our people that now. run the world that put these words together for the English language said, this is great. This is exactly, we'll tell them this means that they're going to heal them, but it's actually going to be all this evil shit I just said to you it's about being. keep them sick and make them have to take other drugs to help right. with whatever they're, other they're, symptoms they're, they're this a, causes. They're, they're a sorcerer, an enchanter, a conjurer. They're making you sick. Yes. That's I mean, because where this all. And these evil drugs. All this do, crap. designed to keep you sick. Yeah, where this all comes from, it's not good. So that's interesting in itself. Taking care of your diet, you can take care of so many different parts of your health. It's just yeah, that's why maddening. That's why homeopathy was eliminated by the Rockfords around the 1900s for allopathic They didn't want anybody medicine. to ever think that any of that was they literally good. They wiped you to out. think that's quackery to do anything good for yourself. Yep, they literally <laughs> wiped it out for allopathic medicine. So we know better could, what's good for you than you do. Yeah. You're an idiot, okay. useful idiot. I mean, listen to us. We're this is all staying in line with the medical <laughs> system, and since we started off talking about fucked yeah. up hormones and the endocrine Sorry. system and all that, hey, now it, it's kind of ironic that we picked this subject to get off on the etymology of like words and their meanings, and yeah, just so happens this guy's doing nothing but pharmacological words ties into everything. It's weird. That's yeah. ironic to me. So his next word is pharmacy. Late 14th century, a medicine from Old French, pharmacia, a purgative. Pharmacia, yeah. From medieval Latin, pharmacia. From Greek, pharmacia. Use of drugs, medicines, potions, spells, poisonings, witchcraft, remedies, cures. The Bible warned against it. (laughs) Preparer of drugs, a poisoner, a sorcerer. From pharmacon, drug, poison, filter, charm, spell, enchantments. Meaning use or administration of drugs. Woo! From the 1400s, that of place where drugs are prepared and dispensed is first recorded in 1833. The pharmacist was restored in 16th century in French, 17th century in English. Mm-hmm. So they took it from meaning all this bad shit and changed it into meaning something good. But that doesn't erase what it used to be. A pharmacist means a dispenser of drugs, basically. Or poisons and witchcrafts. Yeah, that's what it meant in biblical terms. Remedies. For sure. In the original terms that it was co-opted back then and defined. Charms. Enchantments. Yeah. It's considered like a magic spell. Basically, some weird shit. Yeah, like voodoo. Even the word, even the word witchcraft is in there. I mean, that's that's fucking weird. Yeah, well, they considered a lot of things like that to be witchcraft. I would consider back then the pharmaceutical industry is pretty much like witchcraft. Yeah. Well, think about the snake surrounding the staff of Moses. Oh, there's a reason behind that too. (laughs) That's another. The Caduceus symbol. That's another yeah, that's episode, a, but <laughs> yeah, the Caduceus symbol has a reason, and it's, it's all symbology for a reason. It's it's not nice and warm and fuzzy like they want you to think. No, it never is. Okay, next is danger. 
that's a noun, what may seem as danger might perhaps be only a form of control. So don't look at the man behind the curtain. It's dangerous. You might get hurt. Danger. Don't look behind the curtain. You might get hurt. You hear that? That's This is the warning of the author here. So danger. Why is the, everything dangerous nowadays? Okay, mid-13th century, power of a lord, master jurisdiction from the Anglo-French danger, Old French danger, power, the power to harm, mastery, authority, control. All these are associated with danger. When That's someone's a lord, they are a servant or a slave to that person, and that person is in charge Our of meaning of danger. well-being. This is, like, mean. this is like talking about a tyrant. The yeah. word danger is like a fucking tyrant or a king or yeah. Some some of them could be that way, and they were. There was but bad the, ones and good ones. This both. is this is so crazy because the word danger doesn't even mean that to us today. Yeah, but throughout all Very time foreboding. sake, all all recorded time sake, danger had a different name, so a different definition. <laughs> sorry. Okay, modern French, twelfth century alteration due to association. Mm-hmm. It went to donger from vulgar Latin dom. Mm-hmm. Dominarum, the power of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominus, Lord, Master. The house from Pyrute, house or household. Early 13th century, 13th century, pardon me. Difficult, arrogant, severe, the opposite of affiable. From Anglo French, dangerous, old French, dangerous. 12th century modern French, dangerous, or however you pronounce it in French, because I ain't French. I ain't going to get it right. From danger, power, power to harm, mastery, authority, and control. Doesn't sound good. No. It sounds more like a person controlling another person is what the word danger used to mean. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's that's going back a long time. Instead of it being a warning, it means somebody's controlling someone. That's very right. different. Yeah, very different. Dominus, I know, especially in in Latin terms, and going back into uh, oh, what do you call it? Like uh, Roman times. Yeah, the almost, Dominus was the controller of the domicile who had like, his slaves called him Dominus. Almost sounds like more of a declaration of somebody than it does a definition of something. It does. Weird. That is. That's a very unique instance there. Interesting stuff. Good one, Jason. Yeah. Don't thank me just yet because I, I stole this from somebody else. I'm just reading it. Yeah, but it's interesting stuff. That's how anybody investigates and finds stuff is reading stuff that people have published something on. Yeah, somebody else did all the legwork. I'm just sharing it. Well, okay, here's research. one that me and you got a problem with. The word nice. <laughs> well, lots of us think that's a pretty innocent term, right? Nice. Being nice is good. Comes from Nicaea, doesn't it? Or where does it come I from? I don't know. Let me see. Late 13th century. Foolish, stupid, senseless. That's not nice. That That's what nice comes from. Foolish, stupid, senseless. From the old French, nice, 12th century, careless, clumsy, weak, poor, needy, simple, stupid, silly, foolish. This is nice. Maybe that's why being nice doesn't get you anywhere with women when you're a teenager. This is why it's not good to be called nice. It's why it's not good to call people nice. 
From Latin, nasius, ignorant, unaware, literally, not knowing. From what's the pi root stem of sire to not know. The sense development has been extraordinary, even for an adjective. So pre thirteen hundred to fussy, fastidious, late fourteenth century, dainty, delicate, basically you're a bitch. Um, in a little bit nicer term, <laughs> um, precise, careful, preserved in such times as nice distinction and nice and early to agreeable, delightful in 1769 to kind and thoughtful in 1830. You can see over time it was slowly changed from your complete, foolish, senseless, moronical idiot to your kind and thoughtful. So really, if you want to call somebody nice, to call them affable would be a more accurate description of a word than being nice today. What does affable mean? If you look it up. I'm not going to become on this page. I'm just. I, was I just could. Curious. I mean, I, could. I was just curious. It, that affable is basically agreeable. It's, it's you get along with people. Yeah, but that would be the closest association I can think of to being nice. That would maybe be really the definition of what we think of as nice today. Versus the it's funny thing. because he draws the whole thing out here. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, you can see in Latin, nay, not, shire, Latin, to know. So it was nice is where it came from, is not to know. Right there, ignorant, unaware, not knowing. Then it goes to Old French, nice. It actually turns into the word nice. Careless, clumsy, weak, poor, needy, simple, stupid, silly, foolish. To... Late 13th century, nice, is foolish, stupid, senseless, to now. What you have in your Webster's Dictionary is nice, and it's a completely different definition. But for all of time's sake, it's been a derogatory term. Right? Yeah. Early 14th century, foolishly from nice, 16th century, scrupulous, 1714, in an agreeable fashion. Think about it the next time you carelessly describe yourself as a nice person. Don't be foolish. You'll just look like an ignorant and simple-minded person. A nice guy. Yeah. The nice guy always finishes last, don't they? Yeah. Now, there, that, now that part makes sense, doesn't and you, it? And you nice girls are out there, too. But it's, this is, for all time's sake, being nice has been a cut down. It didn't mean something positive. So, I'll move on to the next one. It's pretty similar to nice. How about kind? Okay, kind is a noun. Class, sort, variety from Old English. Jacinid? Kind nature, race, related to sin, family, or kin? Kin, kind, kin? From Proto-Germanic. Kunje, family, race, from Pyrut, gene? Give birth, beget, with derivatives, referring to procreation and familial and tribal groups. Kind can mean kid, not nice, as we know it. This is why it's called kind or garden. We love our kin or our family. This brings us to the word nation which has a more genetic tie than you might suspect. 
Perhaps this is why all nations used to be of the same genome and not the multicultural nations we see today, especially the ones of Kakasoid descent. I don't even know what. Oh, Kakasoid. Kakasoid. I pronounced it wrong. Okay. You're Caucasian. Yeah. We're, we're Caucasoids. There's a lot of Caucasians in the world. I just, I'm not used to calling them Caucasoid. Yeah. Makes me think of my cock. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Get back on topic. All right. Let me put my cock as a little away. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh, uh, yeah. Going completely sideways. I need another drink. I know the way I'm talking. We need to talk about the next word. Awful. It's an adjective. Awful. Okay. From 1300, a gayful is worthy of respect or fear, striking with awe, causing dread, an early form of awe. Old English word was eagful, weakened, sense, very bad, is from 1809, weakened, sense, or excessively very great, by 1818. It formerly was occasionally used in a sense of profoundly reverential thinking. 1590s. Okay, I got kind of hung up on that for a moment in thought. Let's look at the word nation. What do you think? You want to hear what about, about nation? Well, I'm going to tell you if you want to know. 1300s, nation, a race of people, large group of people with common ancestry and language from Old French nation, birth, rank, descendant, relatives, country, homeland, and directly from Latin, nationem, birth, origin, breed, stock, kind, species, race of people, tribe, literally, that which has been born. Group of people is what it from, sounds like. Yeah, from Natus, past parted, what? Participle of Nasi be yeah. born. Old Latin Gnasi, from Pyrut gene, is uh. give birth or beget, with derivatives referring to procreation and familial and tribal groups. And the etymology he has here, beginning with the roots pi gene, is give birth beget. Latin is natus nasi, be born. Nationim, Latin, give birth, origin, breed, stock, kind, species, rage of, race of people, sorry. Tribe, that which has been born. French, nation, birth, rank, descendant, relative, country, homeland. and Nation noun, 1300, a race of people, large group of people with common ancestry and language. That didn't seem very out of the ordinary to me, no matter how far back you go. How about rock and roll? You have any idea what that used to mean? Go ahead and lay some knowledge on me. I'd like to hear this one. Rock and roll has been around since before. Oh, I'm sure since the ages, there's long ago, right? Rock of Ages. Remember Def Leppard? 
Okay, since since before any rock and roll was deemed a musical category, there was a term rock and roll. The verbal phrase has been an African-American vernacular euphemism for sexual intercourse and popular dance. Wow. For since as far back as the 30s. It really was the devil's music and we didn't know it. Rock and roll. How about jazz? This is really going to make you laugh. Oh, I want to hear this. Yeah, tell me. Night. What? what was that? <laughs> 1912. I'm rummaging. Jack's digging in the goodie pantry. It's the holidays. I got to get fat so I can survive this year. Okay. Jazz. What could be bad about jazz? Well, in 1912, American English first attested in baseball slang as a type of music attested by 1915, perhaps ultimately from slang jism <laughs> in 1860, which is energy, vitality, spirit. You know what it really is out there, right, folks? Perhaps we especially know. from a man. This is perhaps from earlier jism. In 1842, it's just a slight spelling difference. By the end, those are spicy. Yeah, they're good. Jack's crunch on chips, if you wonder what that sound is. By the end of the 1800s, jism meant not only vitality, but virility, leading to the word being used as slang for semen. Yeah, that's what jism is. Everybody's heard jizz. Okay, but this is significant, (laughs) although... (laughs) A similar evolution happened to the word jazz, which became slang for the act of sex. That did not happen until 1918. It all developed from the word jizz. Jazz. Okay. That is a sexual connotation that was not part of the origin of the word, but something added later. If you want to know where jazz, the word came from, there you go. Makes me want to know about all the different kinds of music now, where it came from. You're making me real curious. Yeah, it literally de- is derived from the, you know, terminology of jism, jizz. In the 1930s, 40s, it was termed jazz, the music. Huh. That's so fucking funny. Huh. And even up to 1964, there was still a de- definition for. Jazz as engaging in promiscuous sex. Wow. Well, now we're learning that all this music stuff has a lot of roots and stuff that we never thought that it did. <laughs> well, rock, rock and roll and jazz are, it's all based in sex terminology. What about blues? It's not listed. I could go hunting for it, but I won't do it. I'll just stay in line with what this guy has listed for me to read. So let's talk about left and right. Oh, boy. We got left and right hands. We got left and right sides in politics. You know, there's lots of different lefts and rights. Right is generally considered a morally correct, righteous way of thinking. Left, on the other hand, is the sinister meaning. Left literally means sinister, weak, foolish, worthless, twisted, and crooked. Think about this when you're trying to decide which side of politics that you fall on. Okay. That's what he says. Okay, so left. 1200. It is the opposite of right. Probably from Kentish and Northern English forms of Old English. Leafed, weak, foolish, lameness, paralysis, 
compare it to East Frisian, Dutch, dialect, loof, weak, worthless. Sense of opposite of right is from the left being usually the weaker hand. A derived sense also found in cognate Middle Dutch and Low German Lucher. Luft. Compare Lithuanian, cursed left, and Latish, Krelis, left hand, both from the root that yields words from twisted or crooked. The usual Old English left, left hand, literally friendlier, a euphemism used superstitiously to avoid invoking the unlucky forces connected with the left side, compared to sinister. The Kentish word itself might have been originally a taboo replacement if instead it represented pi, lewo, considered conspicuous, represented in Greek leos, Latin levius, and Russian levi. Greek also used a euphemism for left, aristeros, I can't say that one, the better one is what it means. Compare also avistin vesteros to the left from vera desirable. So for the most part, left is bad. It means not good, lame, paralysis, weak, worthless, you know, all the negative shit that I just read off. Because right is considered the good side. Right also equals the word Dexter. We'll see why that is. If left is evil, then what about right? Historically associated of sinister with evil or backwardness is balanced linguistically, I'm sorry, by the fact that Dexter, the Latin word meaning on the right side. Dexter in Latin is on the right side comes with a largely positive connotation that survives throughout its linguistic descendant. To be, to be dexterous, for example, is to be good with your hands, like a surgeon or a yeah. clever thinker is dexterous, while one that is ambidextrous uses both. you're good with left and right equally. I'm ambidextrous. I'm not. The French word for right or straight, droit, gives us our word adroit with a meaning similar to dexterous. The parallel is carried on by other words. The French word for left, gouch, is used in English to mean lacking social grace. <laughs> it's considered gouch to arrive without a gift for the host. A, synon- a synonym for gouch also from French is maladroit. You've heard that word? A lot of these words have sexual connotations back to them and stuff. That's weird. A maladroit attempt to express his condolences, which again utilizes the French word droit. Dexter, adjective 1560s, pertaining to or situated on the right hand from Latin dexter on the right hand. Source also French dexter, Spanish destro, Italian destro, root opposite of the left. Or south. And you'll see this a lot on the right hand of the Father, God. Jesus always sits on the right hand. Because that's the good hand. The left one's the bad one. Luke twenty two sixty nine. From now the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of God. Romans eight thirty four. 
For who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And it goes on and on. There is yeah. a page of freaking biblical verses with Jesus sitting at the right hand or us at the right hand of God, which I think Jesus is also supposed to be us. Well, it. it's repeated in the gospel several times because there's different people in the gospel. But <clears throat> it's a basic summary he puts at the bottom. Right means good. Left means evil. <laughs> Probably representing Satan. And that's it for words aren't what you think they mean. And I thought, hey, that was fun to go through. After talking about that serious medical study. I found some stuff related to the music stuff we were talking about, about blues. Well, hit me. <clears throat> blues comes from a term in the 19th century English phrase, blue devils referred to the upsetting hallucinations brought on by severe alcohol withdrawal. This was later shortened to the blues, which described states of depression and upset, and it was later adopted as the name of the melancholic songs that the musical genre encapsulates. Pretty interesting. It's a derogatory negative yeah, word that's it's, attached. It's got a negative connotation just like all the other things with music. Did it's all sexual stuff. derogatory shit attached to music. Yeah. In, in our American way of using the words. It's mm. funny how many words that we ran across just in that little excerpt that I read of that guys that are very derogatory in their base where they came from and we use them yeah, now. None of, it's, none of it's positive. They're all negative. No, and now we all use these words like nice and think it means something good. And we're being taught to think some of this stuff is positive that we like and stuff and it's not necessarily the truth. This goes to show even no matter how much you think you know, you can still find something that's the truth that you didn't know. Well, the etymology... I learned some stuff today. Yeah, the etymology of words is very interesting. If you really want to dive deep on it, that was just a scrape of the surface. The etymology of words and words being, you know, you're, you spell a word. A word is a spell. You're casting something out to make a materialized version of your voice into somebody's yeah. mind, into this universe. You got to think about it that way because literally words spoken in conjunction with other words, it's a spell you're putting over people when you speak them. Yeah, we all find our own different ways to wander into stuff that we don't really understand what it is. And like even abracadabra, like the magicians say, yeah. it's speaking things into existence. That's what abracadabra means. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you've been speaking a lot of spells a lot of your life that you don't realize that you are that put negative and maybe even positive connotations on your life. But the negative ones are the ones you really want to keep away from. Well, the, one of the most interesting ones I shared with you today that I ran across, I heard somebody talking about, is <coughs> we have days of the week. You're dazed. You're, <coughs> you're weak. Not, not weak like we think of a week, seven days. It's weak it's, like you're weak. you have no strength. You're in a daze. No power. You're in a daze. D-A-Z-E. 
your week, W-E-A-K, days of the week. It's funny just by disguising spelling how they can have the meaning of something still and be putting you under this spell, whoever it is that created all these things. And then think about the morning. Morning is what you do at a funeral. Good yeah. morning. You say good morning to people? What? Good morning. Morning. You wake up in a, in the morning to a new days of of the week. <laughs> yeah. And you start chaining all these things together and you think about them and find they out. They want you to be a mindless idiot is what that sounds like to me. The words are so similar. It's like you're literally, you're saying something bad, but you think it's something good. And you think, uh, uh, it's just, it, you can get into it and go, it's all coincidence. No, it's not. Somebody planned out all these words to mean these certain things. They just did it remember, on purpose. We're all in the same episode of the Twilight Zone together. Right. But we're also here to help dispel some of the things that you've been sold as truth and show you that they're, in fact, not what you're thinking that they are. Indeed. And in this instance, and even other instances before when we've had these shows, it's like, I've even learned something in the process. And that's something that I like doing about these shows with you. Well, I think it's fun to learn. And I think that gets beaten out of you in the school system. You're taught to learn that it's drudgery to go to school. Knowing real history is power. That's the real knowledge. Whatever everybody should whatever have. you get excited to learn about, that's the stuff you need to hunt down. This find something that you yeah, that you're passionate about and go run towards it. Don't sit there and say, Oh, I don't know if I should or you wait too long, you'll never know if you could have or not. And take know, a risk. You only got so long in this life. It's fun to learn if you go after the stuff that you're hungry to have knowledge about. I'll just put it that way. Just don't be afraid to put yourself out there and take the risk and do it. And It's not a big risk to go on a journey to learn. So that's an easy risk to take. But think about being a child again. Think about being in school. Did you hate school? I liked it for people, for friends, but I didn't like it. I liked the social aspect of it. The strict monotony of going from the buzzer, the bell, to the next class to shut up. I could not shut up, raise your hand. I couldn't sit in a seat for five minutes, let alone five or six hours a day. And then between periods. And monotonous memorization of these bullshit facts and things they want you to learn. And most of it, I hate to say, our school system teaches you shit that doesn't even matter or pertain to being an adult. It's whatever indoctrinated bullshit they want to teach you they have their own agenda well rockefeller famously said back when he got into taking over the their school truth system, and the real truth is completely different on a lot of it okay rockefeller said back when he was taking over the school system and getting it structured the way that he wanted i don't want thinkers i want workers mm-hmm. that sums up the school system to me to this day. They look at you as a serf. They are structuring. And they are the kings that run the kingdom. They're structuring your mind to where you will be very compliant. Open. They want compliant human beings. Compliant is the best word for it. They want you to not ask questions. Be a good serf. Obey authority. Don't question Don't authority. Don't question us. We know everything. And we're telling you the truth. Yeah. And that's, man... I think the exposition we've had here lately over the p- 
pandemic that's happened shows you that people of authority should always be questioned because they're up to I think no a good. lot more people are waking up right now as a result of that. Thank God. Not everybody's going to, but a lot of people that's, that haven't have. I think that's the big thing that backfired on all these sacks of shit is that they pressed too hard with this event that happened. And I think it woke quite a few people up. They too. overexposed themselves a little bit. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, actually a lot, but in many different ways. Yes. And, you know, it's not just the medical community. It's the media, the government. So many things that you thought you could trust your whole life. It's kind of hard to accept maybe when you first realize that Hey, these a lot of these people are lying to you and they don't have your best interest at heart. It's disheartening and it's kind of hard to accept that. But the sooner you do, the sooner you can realize that, hey, you're not alone. And there's other people out there that realize this, too. We can work together for the betterment of all of our. You know, existence here on this earth until we leave this earth and make it as good and, you know, better for each other than we can than not doing anything at all to help each other. That's but, that's the that's the big mission is enlightenment, wake people up, get people to where they're on board with helping one another and don't be selfish. Well I like to help people and I don't mind learning stuff from other people. I like people helping me and teaching me stuff. It's reciprocal, you know? That's the way we're supposed to be wired to be. Oh, and hey, you know, we're talking about the etymology of words and the trickery of words in the English language. What about, we're talking about authority figures and stuff. What about the power of television and programming? Yeah, well, that's exactly what it is. Look exactly what it is. They are telling you a vision to have. Yeah. And they have proved that the frequency of televisions that come off are hypnotizing for you to watch it. So the message embeds itself deeper. And you're watching programming. They are programming you while you're watching it. It started back as far as PBS and Walt Disney and all that stuff. Back when our parents were kids and maybe even when some of their parents were growing up, this was already all before there was moving forward before there was a television there was the radio there was still programming on a lot radios. of it was real subtle but now it's gotten to where it's way less subtle and it's way more just in your face and here it is what they want to the agenda they want to push well as the people that want control learn more and more about the effectiveness of their programming they're not going to pull back they are going to push harder on that's that what that's what's going on in the last decade so there's another little play on words that you may not have known that hopefully that can surprise some people as well what were we talking about earlier with the pornographic stuff from that one company that was going on with little kids and stuff oh balenciaga oh my gosh just i mean a lot of people probably horrible. already know about the balenciaga scandal and that all that but they're not the only company doing that stuff they're just the only one that's got caught recently that doing it. that was such a blatantly outright just in your face way of scandalizing children and using children and s&m objectifying them and kids shouldn't be sexualizing children objectifying children um and then in their ad having like books stacked up that are about like you know just what they were doing was an abomination to anyone should be that's a decent moral human being and has kids 
this would make you want, if somebody did this with my kid or around my kid and expose them to this kind of stuff, I'd want to be locked in a room with them just for five minutes. I think any human being that's a parent would say the same thing as you. They'd want to just. And that's, that's the PG version. Cause we talked about this earlier and I think I said some more graphic stuff. Than yeah. That. Yeah. And it's all completely understandable. What I don't understand is how the hell did somebody's parent let their kid be in these photo shoots? I would kill somebody if I ever knew that someone had done that with my kid and I found out about it. Somebody had to be okay with it. Maybe not kill literally, but I would I would hurt somebody severely. Yeah. I would lose my cool. And anybody that's a good parent should feel that way. That's why I'm not like, I hear about somebody that. This is not coexistence when you're talking about shit like this. If I hear about somebody diddling uh, somebody's. A uh, boy or girl, little child, you know, you know, seven or eight year old. It's some somebody did something to him, and then the dad gets pissed and goes over and beats the shit out of or kills the the person. Hey, I'm sorry, but I'm a I'm, passion. You deserve. I'm literally on the side of dad who just went and did that. Amen. I hate to say it's because it doesn't sound fair in our uh, system. The way that we I don't do condone things. people being violent, but when it comes to somebody doing something like that to a child and destroying their innocence, they deserve whatever they get. That's the ultimate innocence. That's how I feel about it. And if it means ending their life so they don't do it to another child, I don't think that's too harsh. No, I don't. Well, they I think about more than likely they probably ruined that kid's life. And if they've done it to other kids and not gotten caught. And why does that person deserve to stay alive and have a chance to ever be in that situation and do it again. Right. They don't. Because more than likely, if they were tempted to do it once, they'll do it again. If they get opportunities. Most people you see that are child That's the lawlessness molesters, and the kind of crazy society we live in. People nowadays. that molest children, that abuse children, that do these weird things to children. They don't do it once. They do it over and over again. In California, they turn these kind of people loose on the streets every day. You get caught with a gram or two of marijuana and you don't have a medical card, and you're in jail, but you're a child molester, and they're like, oh, we don't have room for you. We know you won't do it again. We're going to set you free, okay? Be good. Just listen. We're going to put you on this island called Epstein Island, and you can hang out. (laughs) (laughs) There you can actually diddle the children. We'll bring them in. Oh, man. We'll bring them in by the jet load for you. (laughs) Take Take them all there. Take them all. Let them all just stay there together. Well, it'd be awesome if we could convince all these people to go to an island and tell them there's a bunch of children that they can play with, and then we'll just nuke it. <laughs> right when they think they're about to get a room full of little kids. The children yeah. are about to be here. Everybody get ready. Fucking <laughs> like blow them off the face of the earth. Close your eyes. We have a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, that's me and Jack's form of justice. <laughs> Maybe that's not yours, but, hey, I'm all for it. I In could, a world with no justice nowadays, I don't think that what we're saying is a punishment for stuff like what we were talking about is too harsh. No. There's other foreign countries that do worse to thieves than what we would consider doing to people that have done what we're talking about here. Oh, yeah, you get your hands chopped off and shit, or fuck, they'll hang you or kill you. Yeah, and then you can't steal again, right? Yep. I don't think cutting your weenie off is enough or sewing your vagina together whatever you do if you're a man or a woman yeah because men are not the only ones 
No, it's predominantly men. Yes, but it is. There's never there's a case. There's women too. Look at these schools where there's teachers and shit yes. messing with kids. Yes, that's you can never say anything is an absolute. It's absolutely always this. There's always variable. The always. devil doesn't care if you're a male or a female. He just wants to corrupt you. <laughs> There's evil in this world. That's undoubtable, whether you call him Satan or what. There is duality. There is good. There is evil. There is a balance out here, and you have to fight against what is wrong and what is bad and what is negative in this world because it's going to try and creep in somewhere in your life and get you. Right? Mm-hmm. Jack's having a hard time talking because he's deep-throating potato chips. <laughs> Can't help it, man. I've been drinking, and I've got the munchies. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know if it's the uh, drinking that's making you have the munchies. I've just been craving something salty, and these were perfect. Yeah. Hopefully all Jack's crunching isn't offending anybody out there. But hey, listen. This is going to be coming out near the New Year, so everybody make your New Year's resolutions, because I know you are. That's just... It has to happen annually. Everybody has to make a New Year's resolution. Be a better you. Rely on yourself. That's the best thing you can do is become more self-reliant and find more people like you. There's Jack's speech for the New Year. Keep it real. Yeah, keep it real. Find something that you'll really stick to. Don't make a New Year's resolution that you're going to give up on. Be unapologetically you. Well, I ain't going to add much more to that. Other than that, I'll just say be safe. Don't do anything stupid. And may the beginning of your new year be wonderful, and you have a great start to it. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Cheers, everybody. And thank you, Jack, for joining in. It's been fun. I always have a blast. Yeah, so that's it for this one. We Be love happy, you. be merry, be safe, everybody. Yeah, happy much, holidays. Much love to everybody out there in podcast land. Until next time, take care. You're loving the podcast, right? Great. So you can help out, support me. For a dollar a month, up to ten dollars a month. Yes, there's a subscribe button down at the bottom if you look in the description. Also, I'm going to include my Venmo if you want to do a one-time tip. So, if you would, it'll help keep me going. If you can't do it, don't worry. Free information is still going to be coming. So stay tuned and know I appreciate each and every one of you out there. Do not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts in their material and deliver it to you, but please do all this at your own risk. Email me, contact keepingitreal at gmail.com. Email me. Contact keeping it real at gmail.com. Keeping it real.